This is episode 169, and it's titled Heal the Healer. This is part one of four, The Body, on Alternative Health Tools, where together we discover alternative healthcare tools and explore integrative healing philosophies for both individuals and practitioners. Well, good day, everybody. This is Leslie. And I'm Lisa from across the pond in the UK, one of your co-hosts for Alternative Health Tools. Leslie, we've got lots to fill in for our listeners today, and this is one part of the Heal the Healer series. Today we're talking about the body, aren't we? And how this complements the spirit, the mind, and the reality. Yeah. I'm, I'm really excited to talk with you about this today. It's such an important topic, isn't it? You know, our bodies are our vehicles for life. We can't just trade them in like we trade our cars in periodically. <laughs> we, 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 we're in this for life. We, we should look after them, right? <laughs> right. And, you know, it's funny that you say that because that was the perception that I got when I was in chiropractic practice is that people treated their bodies as though they could trade them in and get a new model. But guess what? You can't. Yeah. <laughs> so you got to take take the best care of the one that you have. And so today we're just kind of addressing the basics on that, which are obviously a couple of the major basics are nutrition and exercise. I love that. And you've just touched on, you know, in your practice, you know, a lot of people were coming in with expectations. And just to share a little bit about how I complement the body aspect of this podcast is I'm a qualified nutritionist. So that's where I, I, I come in to compliment Leslie today. Um, right. But I'm sure we're going to share lots with our listeners today on how to have a healthier, happier body. I know for me, just to go ahead and jump right in, the thing that I emphasize to people is whole real food. Mm, agreed. Mostly plant-based, obviously. For me, it's pretty much all plant-based, but that doesn't necessarily have to be the case. The thing is, is that when you do that, you get all of the nutrition that God or nature, whatever your inclination is to believe, put on this earth for you to be able to have the best health possible. Yeah, I think that's beautifully said, Leslie, and I wholeheartedly agree with you on the wholeness mm -hmm. of our foods. And there's so many different diets out there. And, you know, over the years, there's been so many different diets, you know, do the low fat diet, do the high fat diet, do this diet, do that diet, there's lots and lots. And Bodies are very complex beings, aren't they? And, you know, different people have different allergies, but that's just an indication that we're not quite in harmony. We're not quite balanced within our bodies. So exactly. today we're talking about the body and, and some brief things, but obviously if you have got any health conditions going on and I guess you've got any allergies or anything like that, then you do need to really seek out a practitioner you can work with. But um, as Leslie said, you know, whole foods, is a fantastic mm -hmm. way to start reviewing your lifestyle. And that's so far away from sometimes the Western way of eating, isn't it? Oh, isn't it? It's it's the saddest truth. And, and the thing that's interesting is that you talk whole food, and some people don't even consider that oil, whether it be olive oil or coconut oil, is still a processed food. Hello? Yes. It doesn't yeah. come off, it doesn't come out of nature that way. Yeah. And, you know, and things of that nature. We don't we don't really think in those terms. So just picking up on what you talk about oils there, because a lot of people cook with with those oils. So so what's your view, Leslie, on what people should be cooking with? Because I'm guessing a lot of our listeners out there might be thinking, oh, what should I be cooking with? Am I doing it right? Am I doing it wrong? 
I, I think you can use a tiny bit of olive oil or something like that if you choose to. But what I see people do is glug, glug, glug with the bottle. Yes. And you guys can't see me, but I have my hand up up here like a glug, you know, like I'm glugging on a, like I'm just pouring it. Yes. And that's, you know, that's just going to give you a ton of extra added fat. And if you're eating a whole food diet, so maybe you're eating avocados and nuts and seeds, you don't need that additional isolated fat. And that's a lot of what puts a ton of extra calories in and makes it more difficult to maintain weight. And there's also a slew of other, you know, problems that have come up more when you use isolated oils than they do when you use whole food. I tell people you can use a tiny bit of oil if you want, but actually what I do is I do my sauteing with a tiny bit of vegetable broth when it's needed. And actually what, what you find is that if you take your vegetables, you wash your vegetables, you put them in a hot, a hot frying pan, and you keep them moving, you really don't need to, that extra moisture in there will start to, re, will, will be just enough to, to have it not stick or, or start to burn. You just keep things, things moving. And a little bit of browning is fine because that actually gives it the extra flavor that you want. You just don't want it to burn. Amazing. What a wonderful yeah. first tip for our listeners. There we go. <laughs> Simple, but effective. Yeah. So I'm wondering, do you do it the same way? Or do you use oil? So I sometimes use a little bit of coconut oil, but very rarely I tend to more dry fry. But yeah, I just saute things and sometimes eat some raw. So sometimes eat a raw broccoli salad or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, So Mm -hmm. I don't put any oil in with that. It's just flavor, a little bit of apple cider vinegar, actually. Right. um, From with the mother. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's, it's really getting back to challenging you know, from, from certainly where I came from, Leslie, you know, I, my, my history of learning about nutrition is, you know, from when I had the chronic fatigue syndrome when I was in my early 20s. And my mm-hmm. nutritional journey has, has come a long way since then. I was yeah. very much of the Western diet thinking I was slim, I, I was healthy, and I could eat what I wanted, because on the outside, I looked slim. Right. I hadn't understood that I was actually feeding my microbiome as well, which was what was keeping me healthy and my immune system right. well. And often when I see clients now, they think because I'm fit and healthy on the outside now, they don't understand the impact that they're having on their gut health. And that, that's a really important factor, isn't it, of feeding your gut microbiome as well. Do you have exactly. any thoughts or tips on that for our listeners? Well, my whole thought on that is just like you said, Good things that we put in our bodies also feed the good guy bugs. So again, back to the same theme, eating more of that whole food. A lot of, certainly in the UK, a lot of the vegetables and um, have, you know, have been heavily sprayed with pesticides and things like that. So it's Mm -hmm. about eating local, it's about eating organic, in season if you can. Mm -hmm. And the same with, you know, if people are meat eaters out there, then, you know, make sure that it is organic and it's grass fed rather than, you know, kind of pumped out, churned out. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're getting the goodness from, you know, from, from the meat, if, if any of our Agri- listeners out there are meat eaters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But organic is the way forwards, isn't it? I was brought up with a, con- I, I never had any health issues, major health issues as I was, when I was younger, but I was brought up with a convenience mom. You know, her idea of a meal was a, was broiled meat which I hated meat, 
from the get-go. Yeah. And a potato or white rice and canned vegetables. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and not even frozen vegetables. Uh-huh. And when I moved out of the house, my diet changed drastically because I did not like canned vegetables. I wasn't real clear what a real vegetable was or what it tasted like, but I knew I didn't like what I was being fed. And and I didn't like meat, so I became a vegetarian at that point. Mm-hmm. And my journey started evolving from wow. there. Just the whole discovery of what is this food? How do you cook broccoli? <laughs> My mother, when I was younger, liked to bake. Yes. And so I grew up eating that kind of stuff too. Yeah. Cakes and cookies and, you know, all that good stuff. And ice cream, there was always ice cream in the freezer. I didn't have physical illnesses. I just packed on the weight. And Mm. I weighed about the same at age 12 as I do now. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. So... Yeah, it's, it's 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 about, I think, like what I heard from you, Leslie, was you were starting to listen to your body. You didn't know how to cook yeah. broccoli, but you knew you didn't like tin broccoli. And that was your body giving you feedback. And my exactly. body was giving me feedback in the form of, you know, lots of tonsillitis growing up and then the chronic fatigue syndrome, you know, alarm bells, there's something wrong. Or like mm-hmm. you say, you know, if, if you felt overweight, you know, that's another sign that there's stress on our bodies, mm-hmm. that we're not in harmony. Yeah. And yeah, it's just... A fascinating, fascinating yeah. vehicle to carry us through life, isn't it? Yeah, and, and I think it's also so interesting, and this might segue into the whole exercise thing, is that the things that we learn from our parents are the things that we either take or we reject. Mm-hmm. And personally, I was brought up in suburbia back in an era where unless unless you were part of the few girls that exercised back in an era when when girls were not did not get the funding that boys got for their teams you know i was brought up basically not not getting any kind of exercise at all except that i did enjoy riding my bicycle which i still do to this day and it. so that's kind of an, an interesting thing too is that how we're brought up and we either take or reject that and i kind of rejected that outright and as i became an adult got a whole lot more active Mm-hmm. And that was a big change for me as well. That's, it's such an important part, isn't it? And I'm thinking about my journey as well with my exercise and growing up because I lived on a farm. I had a bike and I had dogs. I was out. I was on the um, tree swing. I was riding my bike around. I was running around with the dogs in the garden. I was really blessed to have that outdoor space where I could, you know, do physical exercise. Mm-hmm. And then obviously when the chronic fatigue hit, that was a whole change for me because I was always quite active. My parents were active mm-hmm. and this was a new world. I had to learn to, for a period of time, not do anything because even just walking about during the day exhausted me. So then that created a fear within my mind. So talking about heal the healer and how my head voice created this fear, this belief that exercise mm-hmm. was bad because it was going to make me ill. Right. And obviously I had to uncover that fear. Um, but now back to exercise and love cycling like yourself, Leslie. And again, that just shows, doesn't it, about how our journeys can start to shape us, but change is possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and it's interesting because as you were saying that, I was kind of hearkening back to my childhood. And there was a lot of outdoor play and tree climbing and 
playing with the neighbors down the street and I was brought up back in it. I was brought up in an era where you got home from school and you went outside and you played. And when it was dinner time, mom called you for dinner. But then as I grew up, I looked, you know, you look, you look at your parents, you look at your adults as role models. Mm -hmm. And my mother never, my mother never got any exercise. I mean, she sent me to the corner grocery store to buy her cigarettes until we started (laughs) refusing. (laughs) (laughs) And and I mean, literally a, a, a block away, there was, there was a little, there was a little corner store. And she had to send her kids to the store to buy her cigarettes. Bless her heart. But again, if she didn't know any different, and that's the whole connection back to the mind, isn't it? (laughs) You know, we've been programmed in a certain way. Unless we challenge it, it becomes our norm. And perhaps she just never had the opportunity to challenge her thoughts and her way of living. Oh, bless her heart. But, you know, it's it's interesting because, like I said, you know, then, then when you get older you either accept that or you reject it it's like you know there's there's a better way our bodies are made to move yeah I love that so talking about movement then and this is way more your area of expertise with with the career path you chose what could be some pieces of advice obviously that you know than the general like the yogas the walking getting outside in nature what's Mm -hmm. been your experience with when you've seen clients and they've had kind of health conditions in your clinic with regards to movement, what what typical things could you? It just recommend? you know it makes all the difference yeah. in the world. You know I I encourage them. I meet them when where they're at. You know that's the first thing. Meet people where they're at. Yeah. I tell them get out and start walking until you're winded, and then it's time to turn around. And just note how fa- either how far or how long that is, and then the next day you go out for a minute longer. And if you think about it, if you go out for five minutes the first day, and then you go out for six minutes the second day, you go out for seven minutes the third day, by the time you get to the end of the month, you're walking for 35 minutes. It's incremental, isn't it? And it's, it's baby steps. Yeah, it's, it's that incremental change that's actually workable for people. What I also tell them is put it down on your calendar how many whatever's whether you're doing distance or you're doing time how many whatever's you're doing because when you increase by one per day you start to forget how much did i do yesterday how much am i doing today so it's just you just write it on the calendar i did 36 Um, minutes today (laughs) that's such a great tip because when we're with ourselves constantly it just becomes a gradual change that we don't notice that's exactly exactly. what you're saying whereas it's often like when other people see us and they haven't seen us for six months they go you look fantastic what's changed and you think oh nothing but actually when you look back like you say you could have been walking for an extra minute every day which you've gone from 10 minutes walking you now walk for an hour you know twice a day it could be a change that's been so incremental like you say and gradual that you've perhaps Mm -hmm. not even acknowledged it or even celebrated your success I think that's really important isn't it yeah that's that's another important thing Mm. and and then the other thing with exercise I tell people there's stretching there's strengthening there's balance and there's and there's endurance and you need all of those gotcha 
that's yeah. a really good tip so the power of four yeah. so is there any way to incorporate the whole of those four into a routine obviously i'm thinking about yoga or pilates straight away yeah yoga um, or pilates incorporate just about all of those they may or may not do the aerobic depending on you know what exactly what you're doing but you know that's not to say that you have to do those things I've taken to recently, I've taken to getting up in the morning and doing some stretching first thing in the morning. And then I just do, I, I do literally 25 sit-ups and 15 push-ups. And, you know, and, and it's, that's not a lot, you mm -hmm. know, but it gets that, it gets that in, in the day. And I know I've gotten at least that much. And so if I end up spending the day, I don't get out and do a lot else on some days, but most days I do get out and get some walking and get up or get on the bicycle or both. And it's so but, doable, isn't it? What you've just described it doesn't have to be an hour at the gym or yeah. an hour's walk or an hour's bike ride outside. It could just be just do something and that high yeah. intensity exercise, whether it's just 10 like sit-ups or 10 press-ups yeah. or 10 burpees yeah. or squats or whatever it is and I've got a trampoline in my garden because I thought if I'm gonna if I'm gonna exercise I want it to be fun I don't want to mm -hmm. sit in the gym uh, stand in the gym for an hour or sit in the gym on a rowing machine for an hour I want it to be fun and especially in the summer I go out and I just have a little play around on the exercise it gets me moving it gets me some fresh air and then I might do some burpees but um I think it's finding something that's right for you as well isn't it because Certainly exactly. after my chronic fatigue, yeah, I wasn't able to do lots of long, you know, intense training. It had mm -hmm. to be those short bursts for me. That worked really well for me, yeah. but it's not one size fits all. Yeah, and I think the thing is, is just to continue to work with your body and let it evolve and listen. Yeah. You know, listen, listen to your body. It will tell you what it needs. If you get up in the morning and you're feeling exhausted and stiff, it's telling you, you need to be moving and stretching. That's such an amazing tip. And that listening to your body, that that covers the movement, the exercise and the nutrition. It, yeah. You know, often we get feedback if we're, we're eating the wrong foods, it might be bloating, it might be weight gain, it might be fatigue. Mm -hmm. it's, it's about listening and reconnecting to, to mm -hmm. that, that inner, yeah. inner yeah. being of your vehicle. Yeah. And, and another thing about f the food is when you eat food, eat food. Don't do other things while you're eating food. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. It's so true. Yeah. Oh, often people are distracted. I have a brother who's got some issues with weight gain and type 2 diabetes and high blood pressure and all, all the things byproduct of you know of eating the eating the western lifestyle and it's like he's finally realized that when he sits down to watch tv he will automatically sit down with food mm. unless he gets on his exercise ah amazing <laughs> So he's trying to work that into his new habit. <laughs> I love that. So either burning fat or storing fat. <laughs> which yeah. one would you choose? <laughs> yeah. But it's like, yeah, it's, you know, things like television watching is, it's just so passive that there's that tendency to, you want to do something. And so people start reaching for the food and they can go through a bag of chips or a bag of whatever or six donuts before they even realize it. Yeah. 
And often it's that association as well, isn't it? I sit, like you say, I sit down, watch the yeah. television and I eat or yeah. I get on the exercise bike and I exercise and don't eat. And it's the association. Yeah. It's not exactly. it's not being hungry because if he was hungry, he'd be eating on the exercise bike as well. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what a wonderful that's a, that that kind of leads us back to the mind as well doesn't it as part of the healer healer series because it's the association of what we do with our, our nutrition and our movement it can be seeded in the mind and and yeah. those associations that we have and, and sometimes they're emotional as well you know we we drink to celebrate we drink to drown our sorrows you know they're, they're just like the sayings aren't they mm-hmm. and it's just an association yeah and it's a habit the way to break a habit is to institute a different habit. So instead of when I sit down to watch TV, I sit down with a bag of X, it's finding something else that you can associate and, you know, getting, getting on the exercise cycle is obviously a good thing for those Mm -hmm. that do that for, you know for me i don't even watch tv so <laughs> i never do anything that passive <laughs> no oh there's some amazing tips in in this episode leslie is there anything i'm thinking like maybe we should wrap it up now is there anything yeah. else we should leave with our listeners on on the body today i think the big takeaway is to start listening more to your body and just being sensitive to what it needs yeah. You know, if it's if it's not feeling well in any place, it's telling you something. I love that. Go within yeah. to get the feedback and then do something about it. So yeah. listen, listen, listen. Yeah. When you eat something, just stop, listen within the next hour or two. How do I feel after eating that food? Do I feel good and energetic? That's what food should do for you. And if a particular food is not doing that for you, then it's a food that you should probably think about eliminating (laughs) that's so so true and it's the same with exercise Mm -hmm. how are you feeling before exercise and how are you feeling after exercise Mm -hmm. and that'll give you a gauge as to whether or not it's the right type of exercise for you and if it's helping you um, to get a healthier body yeah because even though you can exercise rigorously and get a really good routine with some aerobic exercise in there you shouldn't be exhausted afterwards. There's a difference between tired because you've moved your body well and being exhausted. I love that. So everybody out there listening, listen to your body. (laughs) Not just listening to podcasts, start listening to your body. And we hope that you find your own way or a practitioner you can work with to heal your body as part of the Heal the Healer series, our four-part series. Thank you so much, Leslie. It's, It's been wonderful chatting with you. Thank you.